0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm a hustler, baby. I'm a hustler, yeah. baby.
1: I know heartbreaks, setbacks, bitch. If I crap out, and show, I'm sure I'ma get back. I've been through the ups and downs. You know I get around, so to me, it's so all a part of the game. If I ain't the co-main or the dope main, I'm almost the show sure, main. I gotta take it. No need to say shit. I'm gonna
0: take it. Robberies turn side. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to the PowerCast. And today we will be recapping um, Raising Canaan Episode 9, and the episode was called Loyal Until the End. And I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich?
1: Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers?
0: What's up, indeed? And I'm also here with Ms. Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana?
2: I am doing very well. I'm kind of sad. Emotional roller coaster. This episode was, but it needed mm-hmm. to be done.
0: Yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna get a bit British here, and I'm gonna say this episode was a mad thing, like for real. Like this this episode <laughs> was just straight crazy from 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 the moment it started until the end. Like th- mm-hmm. this was like a Hollywood movie to me. Like and I and I'll talk a bit about like the parts that I thought were really like Hollywoodesque. but um but yeah, this was a great episode um i I thought last week's episode was amazing but this one was like I, I don't know if it was better I need to see them both again, but this one was great though like i I, I enjoyed every second of it um so yeah we're, we're gonna get straight into our takeaways and then uh, we'll get to the questions later and get more in depth about you know what happened in this episode. Um, So I'm going to shoot over to Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. first and put the pressure on him. So so what's your takeaways for this episode, sir?
1: All right, let me start by saying that this was a hell of an episode. Uh, As you said, a a lot of craziness from the very beginning to the very end. Uh, I I will have three main takeaways that I wanted to talk about. And I'm going to start with one that I think uh, is a little bit controversial. Uh, but it's one that uh I am going to have a question for you as well about Gary. This is the episode where we got to see Marlon try to get revenge. I meant to say Marvin. Yes. Marvin tried to get his revenge uh and I think from the very beginning of this episode when you saw that they attempted to shoot and kill Unique while he had his kid that gave me some very bad vibes to what happened in Snowfall this past season with Leon. Of course, a, a different because the result was significantly different. But um, yeah, that was th- this is how you know that it's getting serious now when you're trying to take someone out. Forget the fact that they have a kid and that they're with the kid at that point in time. That showed you just how how just how angry uh, Marvin was and how he was willing to go out there and just try to take this guy out. He wasn't successful, obviously. Um, but yeah, that attempt, because he thought that his brother was dead. Now you see that, uh, now here is where it gets a little controversial. The interaction he had with jukebox that right there to me, like, I feel like I know Gary, you said, uh, Marvin is your favorite character, but I would definitely, and this is, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but the question I would have for you is, is he still your favorite character? Because after that interaction he had with jukebox, from a viewer standpoint, now we know why Jukebox wants to avoid her father, because he likes to go through her stuff and try to figure out what she's into. I wasn't, I, I was not prepared for his reaction to finding out she had a relationship with Nicole. And I thought uh, that type of reaction, I mean, we know why he did that, because even when he reacted, he said, yeah, this is just like some stuff that your mom did. So, you know, but but still, I wasn't prepared for that reaction, that that level of physicality that they both had with each other. I was not prepared for that. So, uh, yeah, Gary, if you want to answer the question now, is is Marvin still your favorite character after this exchange?
0: Um, So thanks for putting me in the hot seat. I appreciate that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But no, um, he he still is. But obviously, I can acknowledge that he did something wrong, like that he was wrong in that moment. Um, And, you know, I think... um, um, I think... It was important that they showed this in this, you know, in, in this show, um, because oftentimes, you know, um, the older generation or, you know, parents and, and things like that, um, they can get real stuck in their ways of how things were, you know, when they grew up um, and then they project that onto the children and everything. And um, even though that, you know, the, the even though. Younger, the younger generation tends to have a, a fresh perspective on things because they are young, they're in the mix, and you know, um, they get to kind of um, reap the benefits of the change that the generation before them, you know, kind of brought about, or or you know, um, certain things that they made um, people aware of in the consciousness, you know, um, the older generation, the it's the younger generation that really gets to um feel that change or feel that shift. So I think it's important to show this because I know a lot of people are going through this at the moment. There's a whole generational shift going on right now. Um, you know, and and, and we know that because you know we're kind of getting older ourselves and then there's a whole new Gen Z generation, you know, whereas we're millennials or whatever. Um so yeah like I think this is important because the this this kind of stuff happens in everyday life where you know uh people get stuck in their ways and then they take out their own um preferences on their children and that is not right to do yeah. um or you know um and Marvin acted you know he acted um he acted in a re- a really poor way in that moment and I think he his character will suffer for that. Um, I think there will be a lot of consequences for what he did um, in this episode. Uh, And, you know, he hasn't had the best of times, especially with regards to Raquel. Um, But this, you know, what the consequences he faces for this is going to hurt him a lot more, I think. Um, So, you know, we're going to see that play out, I'm sure. Um, There were other things in this episode I thought he did uh, really well. I thought he handled well. But this instance, like this scene kind of takes it away a little bit, you know, yeah. kind of puts his character a little back, you know, um, and that's what's great about this show. Because even Raquel herself, she is an, a very interesting character to watch, but she does some very wicked and vindic- vindictive things. Um, so that's the power of this show. Like it, it shows you the good and the bad. Um, it shows you the characters have layers But uh, was you going to say something, Dana or or Rich?
1: Okay, Uh, I'll throw it uh, it back to you, Rich. Yeah, well, I was going to say that that actually is a perfect segue because my other takeaway after watching this episode, I have to say, once again, Raquel as a character, I love the character, but very cold blooded because in this episode, you know, we saw where Lulu was in the hospital and unique had sent his people to basically take take them out um and of course howard stopped that because howard was there just at the right time and then after that he he decides to once again tell raquel that yes you you need to let me talk to kanan i need to see kanan so this whole time she has this plan that she sets up we also got an answer last week when we talked about when lulu stole unique's jacket what was that all about and you got that answer because Kanan was wearing that jacket when he met up with uh, Howard and shot him twice. Killed him. I would assume he killed him. Yes, two shots. So, um, but it's cold-blooded because, I mean, Howard had just saved her earlier in this episode. And then for her to just turn around very quickly, she said, no, I'm not. and, 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 And again, it's with the intent that she doesn't want Kanan to find out, oh, yeah, this was your father. So that's a very selfish action but you know i it is consistent with what the character has been doing all season because she has done whatever she needs to do doesn't matter who she hurts and then the other thing coming from that from that whole situation is that you saw how she interacted with symphony where he shows up at the hospital because he was worried that she was the one that got shot and then she tells him oh we're done We're, we're finished like, cause, cause, And that's, that's again, another interesting dynamic because in the previous episode, she was talking about, oh, would you want to have a kid with me and all this other stuff? Well, I had said, well, what happens if, some, if something happens to one of the brothers, I would think she will immediately want to go back to being in charge, even though she said she would consider retiring. And you saw that right away when they thought something happened with Lulu. Now she says, oh, I need to get serious again, not distracted. And Symphony did give her the intel about uh, Tony at the club telling telling to tell Marvin don't trust Tony. So even then he still tried to help, but again, Raquel had to do this as they said because this is the person she has to become, that she has to be because she's always been this person. So, uh I just thought that was crazy though that that was the plan was to to take out Howard. Um so I had to think about that one. Uh as for any other takeaways, um we did see that Jukebox building the relationship now with the detective. And some stuff that you said, Gary, actually was, was accurate. It was right on the money. So I look forward to seeing what happens. As she did warn her at the end of this episode, oh, yeah, you need to you need to watch her back. All this stuff happening with uh, Unique and his crew, watch her back out here. Uh, and that's it. but 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 again, even before that, she was telling her about all the stuff she went through as a kid, the fact that she also had a girlfriend. So yeah, I mean, that 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 was very well done to explain and give you more context as to give you an idea of where Jukebox is headed as a character, because we've only seen how she is in the current power. We didn't see before that. So yeah, very well done. But um, those are my three main takeaways from this episode. I thought it was, again, very suspenseful again, action packed from beginning to end. I never doubted that Lulu was going to die cuz again, that guy is a very good actor. Malcolm Mays, a very good actor, and we haven't really seen him do as much work on the show yet. He has a lot more that he's going to he's he's out there to do. So, but yeah, I thought it was a great episode. Uh the fact that this was the episode before the finale Very interesting. Now, I'm expecting a lot of things to happen in the finale, but we'll see. But awesome episode for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, great takeaways. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of that stuff as well uh, as my takeaways. So uh, I'll I'll hop right into mine real quick. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I loved how the show started with uh, Marvin clapping back and uh, it kind of like really set the tone for the whole episode and uh, maybe even for like the next two episodes, like maybe for the finale as well. Like it just set, you know, the the, 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 the stage for what, what was about to occur throughout this whole thing. And, you know, it just intensified the buildup between Raquel and, um, Raquel and her brothers, and you know, Unique and everything. So, so that was great. Like, you know, and and it felt like it. It it was like it. The show, the episode started right after last week's. Like, it was just immediate kind of thing. Um, like the next, the next morning kind of thing. Marvin was just, you know, he was pissed off and he was ready to to retaliate. Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, Unique was with his son, and that that you know. That uh definitely enhanced things. It took it to another level. So yeah, that was great. Uh and then I loved the whole sequence where the hitmen were trying to um take out Lulu in the hospital. Like um we knew we knew Howard was gonna step in because he saw them, but like the way that scene played out, it, it felt like something from a Hollywood movie, like just the way it, it you know, it panned out. Um and I, I loved every second of it. Like you know how they how they were able to disguise themselves and and carry the bed into the elevator and all that stuff. Uh, what was you going to say, Rich?
1: Can I just say one, I, I just to make one comment. Um, mm-hmm. The guy that had the lopsided hairstyle, <laughs> yeah. how did he think that that wouldn't stand out? <laughs> that 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 is a very distinct look. So, it, like this hairstyle yeah, is... is a little weird, obviously. So, obviously, and during the time that was in that was in, so that's accurate, but. To go into a hospital like that, it, it, that obviously is going to stand out. So I guess uh, he didn't consider that, though. But continue. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess the people with the staff in the hospital, they were like, "Wait, is that the new guy? Because I've seen him around before. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen that hairstyle." <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, that um, I just enjoyed like how that scene, you know, played out. Like them going into the hospital, you know, getting the guns ready and everything. Like it was just like. You know, even though we we knew Howard saw everything prior, like it it, it was just dope how how that scene uh, panned out. I think, um, and then obviously you know they get there and and uh, and um, Lulu is already gone and Raquel, and then Howard you know steps in and they bust the the guys and everything. So yeah, I loved that. Um. And then uh, you know. Like you said, Rich, you know, the whole Marvin thing with him stepping out of line with Jukebox, um, that was unfortunate. He acted that way, um, you know, and it shows his ignorance with a lot of things. Um, And, you know, I I won't I won't um, I won't boost up the character too much because he did a very bad thing. I know a lot of people are going to be upset with it and everything. But I do like, you know, that these characters have so many layers to them because, you know, he does he he did show as well that he cares for his family in this episode, but then he also screwed up, you know, with his dua. So I like that kind of duality, like and and the fact that it shows you like a, a real lesson that, you know, people are complicated beings. Like we can be both good and bad, we could be right and wrong. So so I liked that. Um and yeah, uh the whole thing with, uh you know, Kanan um, at the end, him like his mother kind of uh, giving him the prep talk and then him going to to deal with Howard and everything. And obviously he didn't know it was going to be Howard. Um, I liked how they set that up because at the same time, they were showing Unique giving his people a prep, to- prep talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of viewers probably thought, okay, she, she's doing this so that he'll go and take out you know someone from unique side or unique yeah. himself and then you know in that scene where he he goes you know he's he's going to he's going in for the kill he's actually wearing unique's coat we see the we see the jacket come out um and i think what might happen there is they're going to frame unique for that murder maybe yeah uh, maybe maybe someone saw you know somebody with that that jacket you know um entering the area uh, where the murder took place, so maybe this is their way of trying to pin it on him or something. Um, but yeah, just it was great. Like every minute of it was fantastic. Uh, this episode, uh, there's so much more I could highlight, but uh, some of it I'm going to save for the questions because I know we're going to go deep with some of these discussions. Um, so yeah, I'm going to hand it over to you, Dana. W- what's your takeaways? Because if this is very fresh in your mind.
2: Yeah, I, I literally just saw it. Um, it's very interesting. I, I wrote down. No one mentioned music, yeah. music, music was we, literally we were waiting for you to, to waiting for me it. to bring in the music, <laughs> bring in the the, the music and, and, and everything. Um, what, the music really was such a standout. And usually, you know, when you watch even movies or TV shows, they overdo it with the music, and they kind of drown out what's going to happen. I think that they did such a great job with laying it over and it having such a strong effect on our emotions. For example, the whole hospital scene, you know, that music and how they slowly intensified it to build up the tension was superb. And then you saw like, you know, the silencers, which by the way, doesn't actually silence the the, the shots, it just Makes it less noisy, but you can still tell someone got shot. Um, But I loved how they played it off, and it reminded me almost a little bit like The Godfather, how they they was preparing for the kills. And another thing I wanted to mention that you slightly touched upon, Gary, was when everyone was having their separate prep talks. I may be the only one who feels this, but it reminded me of this. Remember West Side Story. Remember yeah. the song tonight and like everyone's getting prepared for their battle. And so you have you you have um not unique. You had Lulu basically in the hospital and, and not knowing what's really going on. And he's saying, you know, where is everybody? And you have basically a, each other side is going in and giving each other prep talks to kind of rile them up. And, and, you know, they're gonna have this big war, which I thought was gonna be tonight, but that's gonna be for another episode. But, um, so that's really kind of really reminded me of Two Sides of Preparing to Go to War and The West Side Story, which in a sense, you can say, yeah, it's kind of like a drug thing, whatever. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was the characters have so many layers to them that for Symphony and Raquel, Raquel was protecting symphony and I absolutely love that because it's really easy to say oh man she's cold-blooded look what she's doing no she's protecting him because she does not want him to get involved she does not want to tell him what's really going on because he may jump up and say well I got your side we're going down no he has a life that she really wants him to go out and live. Remember he kept saying, "You go go meet a nice girl. But she didn't put it that way. She made it like a disgusting turn off so he wouldn't go and start questioning and being sympathetic and be like, oh, I love you. And, and him trying to convince her, she deaded the whole situation and it was cold blooded. And the fact that he brought up the part with Tony, you know, shows his loyalty towards Raquel, but she does not want him involved anymore. So, I really liked how they played that scene, which was her essentially giving up her dreams of what could be if I stepped away. I had a kid, I raised a family, I'm the stereotypical mom, you know. And the scene where we had with her mother, and the mother said something that was really important don't put this on me, that's all you. You know, you can only raise a child up until a certain point where that child becomes themselves you know, you can't look at a grown adult and be like, well, look how they were raised. They have choices in their own matter as well. You know, even look at an 82-year-old. Oh, look at her mother. What what did she do? No. So I really liked how the mother was like, that's all you, boo. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, So that was one of the standouts. And obviously we have the whole situation with Marvin and him literally trying to kill Jukebox but stopping himself from doing so. Um, it, it tackled the, the it tackled kind of the homophobia in the black community. Excellent, where the I don't know how to put it into words. Where the the fear will override basic emotion will override um, that kind of love and, and that you would have for your child. The fear of what they would become. And in that moment when he was trying to kill, uh, I'm sorry, I blanked. What is her name? Jukebox. So the moment when he was trying to kill Jukebox, you know, it wasn't, uh, I hate you, I'm gonna kill you. It was literally out of fear. And I'm not excusing what he did at all, In, in no shape or form. Am I like, oh, let's be sympathetic. No, what he did was absolutely horrible, but it shows the many layers and it shows that we have outside problems with, for example, you have what's going on with the whole unique situation, but we also have inside problems that we're also facing that's tearing us apart from the inside. And I believe it was Gary who said it so best involving Jukebox. Um, you know, she's going to end up running and then to the cop um, and then you have that whole sympathetic And remember, I didn't catch up on at first that she was gay, but you definitely caught it on the second one when she was like, yeah, my parents did the same thing too. Not saying that, you know, my parents gonna go and yeah, yours is gonna act that way and beat you up, but kind of there too as a guide. And you see how she was giving advice to the cop and telling her information. And to me, I really felt that that was a level of trust. You can argue that she did it out of anger to Marvin when he was trying to kill her. But yes, it's true. But also it was just, they established this weird kind of trust with each other very quickly. And I do think that they will, this is how um, she becomes a cop later on. And her, the whole thing with how they treated cops with this episode, including with, um, Omar Epps character who I cannot remember his, I am so bad with names but the the Howard. scene, Howard why is it such a basic name? I shouldn't remember. So with Howard, you know, she the, the whole overlying message was yeah, cops are terrible, we hate cops, but we need cops. You know, we have to have a cop on our side so that we can get rid, you know, away with what it is that we're supposed to get away with and I think she took that message also to heart I think she's also much closer to Raquel, obviously, than to her own father. So she's going to take that message of, you know, cops suck, but we kind of need them. And she, I feel, is going to – this. it's a symbiotic relationship where they're going to end up using each other. She's giving her information, and the cop is kind of telling her how to navigate life and being that mentor that she really needs. And the fact that she's still able to protect Kanan – because she shut that down very quickly, still shows how connected she is to the whole family. Some people be like, oh, screw this whole family. No, she has a very strong bond with Canaan. So I thought that was very important as well that they brought up. Uh, Another thing really quickly is she's starting to put together the Buck 20 and the D-Wiz situation. So I wonder how this will play out in terms of how far she's willing to go to also protect her family or whether or not she will start taking actions against her father and how that would have a ripple effect because her father is connected to Raquel and everyone else. You know, it's a family unit. So I wonder, will that end up backfiring on that whole thing? And one more thing that was really interesting, their bond came together solely because of racism when um, Nicole's family came down the police the, the police precinct, and she was like, you know, my daughter was great until she met that black one over there. She doesn't smoke crack. And I think we had a comment from last week's episode that said, no, she was smoking because she handled that pipe really well. If you don't know what you're doing, uh, you could burn your hands. You could burn your lips. You could end up smoking it the wrong way. You're going to be like, well, hey, what? I need you to teach me. And she was just like, boop, 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 you know, very quickly. She knew exactly what she was doing. So, you know, oftentimes we all we also see parents, no, my child is perfect. And they don't want to see what's really there. And they, they use the, oh, it's the black kid who introduced them to all of this negativity. When in fact, your own child knew it was actually going on. So I thought that was very important. And I wonder if they're going to go away. Uh, will they still keep trying to pin this on laverne and i think because the father was so adamant of your grieving let's just take a moment and calm down for a second let's not embarrass ourselves that it might end up saving the day or saving their lives because it was a moment when i thought in this episode she was going to kill the parents you know how she was hiding in the trees and in the bushes and we saw that before when she was hiding last week's episode in order to go back inside the house So I really was like, oh, what's going on with them? But, you know, they'll be fine. I don't really think that they're going to be a huge factor. But, um, and then I have to just say really quickly, that opening with the whole shootout situation was fantastic done. It was this whole episode knew how to drive in that tension from the very beginning. It didn't really let up at all it showed you know right from the beginning we're shooting at at not just unique but i was like oh the kid's dead but who would have thought bulletproof the whole car i didn't because i'm like oh who dies it it but that was very smart because they know what kind of lifestyle that they're in and then there was a moment i was pretty sure that the driver of the other car was dead but they they made it through i don't know how but they did it but uh overall it was very good writing excellent acting i would love to know what's going on and the whole fact with omar yeah stars is stars is a troll because uh just overall we kind of expected some characters to be in next season and they just kind of trolled us really excellently um with their fake announcements so really great job with that um and also you know with the whole Omar situation I had this whole thing remember last episode I was like no it's gonna be in a warehouse and a huge shootout and I think that with raquel having Kanan kill, um, Omar's character, Howard, was really smart idea. And the fact that the whole thing with the jacket shows that she's a long-term thinker, which is a direct opposite of Marvin, who is an emotional thinker. And yes, Marvin, what he did with his daughter was absolutely terrible, but separate that, I still feel sympathy towards Marvin because he is technically, you would consider the family screw up. He's trying really, really hard but he's just not succeeding. Uh, he's trying to kill Unique, he doesn't succeed with that the whole the back story situation of him being a drug dealer and then getting hooked on the crack and him handing over and trying to sell the crack to the, to the cops. He's trying his very best. And I also think, again, not an excuse. There was a lot for him this whole episode. And that also helped to contribute to his behavior with the whole jukebox situation. And it's not an excuse at all, but it's just to show from his POV, I think they did a really great job with incorporating the fear, the black, the homophobia in the black community and his overall outlook of just being a screw up. You could could say, for example, that his daughter being being gay is a reflection on him. Remember how he said, oh, you want to be a man now? As he was trying to kill her and choke her and saying, oh, but you can't fight like a man was a kind of a reflection upon him. So, I talked too much, but overall, those are my my standouts that I loved about this episode.
1: Can I make a comment real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh excellent takeaways, Dana. I think you said a lot of stuff. You were able you were able to articulate stuff a lot better uh than I did, but I was thinking the exact same stuff you were saying. So, excellent job. Same to you, Gary. And my quick comment is, uh, rest in peace, little Rob, because you knew when he snitched last week that might have consequences. (laughs) And sure enough, it did.
2: And he knew, too. He was like, I'm dead. He was in the (laughs) car like, oh, you're going to kill me. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) He said, I did it for you.
1: (laughs) Yep. Right after they attempt to shoot up Unique. So, again, these characters... They don't have a problem using utilizing someone for whatever they need right then and there, and then that's it. Come off, that's a loose end. Tie it up,
2: kind of like the wire. Yeah,
0: well, he he went against the family, so you know, if you go yeah. against the family, then that that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and that's why I liked I liked stuff like that because it shows Marvin really is for the family, but then at the same time, he completely messed up, like you know, with the jukebox. So. I like that, you know, you, you get to see, you know, people, people do make silly mistakes. Like, um, so that's good, but yeah, so let's get to the questions because, you know, there's some, there's some really, uh, there's some major things we got to talk about going into this finale. Like, you know, so, I mean, I guess the first question is going to be like, you know, um, how do you think Kanan is going to take this, you know, him killing Howard? Like, cause it's a big deal. Like not only did he kill his father and everything, but he killed a cop. um, And that in itself is a huge thing, Um, you know, cause when you kill a cop, the police force is not going to stop until they get justice, until they get payback. Like they're going to come, they are going to come like in, into the hood, like into the neighborhood and just, like, go crazy, basically Like, everybody is at risk You know, when, when a cop dies So, uh, you know This is a big deal that he did this And um, going back to what Dana Was saying last week uh, Where, you know, Kanan was this Very respected person to Tommy And Ghost, this could be, like, One of the the things that kind of, you know Gives him his reputation a little bit The fact that he took out this Big-time detective, you know um, So, yeah, I want to ask you guys, how, how do you see Kanan handling that in the next episode? You know, the fact that he killed Howard. So uh, I'm going to go to uh, you first, Dana. What do you think of that?
2: Um, With this episode, I honestly think that this will come. I don't think it's going to come back to haunt um, Raquel at all. But I do believe that this is going to be one of those things that he is going to end up finding out the connection to Howard to him. He seems like a very inquisitive, and yet a smart kid. And he has that relationship with his mother where they can both test each other. And I do see that he is not going to let this go in the sense of why do I have to kill him? But in the sense of what is the overall picture and why him? There are plenty of cops that you can actually frame uh, Unique on, why him specifically? Especially after you, you know, remember that huge speech that she gave? Stay away from him. He's bad news. Oh my God, we hate him. And that kind of drove um, him. It drove Kanan a little bit more towards wanting to know what was more about him and the being kind of comfortable with talking to him. So I think that this will just end up leading to more questions. I don't think that this will be drawn out situations because they both know each other's business and their dirty deeds of what they did. She knows that he killed Kanan, and Kanan knows that she killed D Wiz and the other kid, Sim Netson for me, 20, buck 20 So I think they both have dirt on their hands where he's going to have questions, but it's not going to be something that's going to be long term and lingering. I do not think that this is going to destroy the relationship. In a weird way, you can say that this might actually bring them closer, um, where remember that whole speech that she was doing giving she trusts him enough to go out and to not just kill somebody but to kill a cop and the speech that she gave was this person is basically going to destroy our entire family and nothing is going to come against our family and she kind of instilled that bond into him where i think he is he's gonna have questions i don't know whether or not if he finds out that he was his father it's going to tear their relationship apart, but I, I don't know. It's just one of those those questions I don't know the full answer to. But I don't think that this is something that will separate them or can tear down the family even more.
0: Yeah, uh, Raquel was so like cold and calculating with this one because you know what? Like, I think under any other circumstance, she wouldn't have sent Kanan. to kill a cop, but she knew that Howard um, was so, you know, she, she, well, first of all, she figured out he was sick and something was wrong with him, you know, when they were talking earlier at the hospital. And then secondly, she knows that he's desperate to, 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 you know, get on with his son. Um, Now that he knows Canaan is his son, she knows that he's in a vulnerable, you know, position emotionally because he wants to build that bond with Canaan. So she knew that he wasn't going to do anything to hurt Canaan. Um, if he pulled out a gun so i think you know that went into her you know calculating decision of sending kanan she knew that he was the one person who could get to howard and and take him out go ahead Dana is it
2: is it more about building a bomb more about getting that bone marrow because she uh, I mean means- yeah
0: that it, it, i think it's both like i think yes he he needs the bone marrow to to you know to live so that's like number one priority but I do think he if now that he knows Kanan's his son, he, he does want to build that bond too. Like I don't, I don't, I don't think he would just use him for the bone marrow and just like disown him. I think he he would want to build that bond as well.
2: Because uh, it was weird because of how his conversation went with the therapist, not the therapist, the doctor who he treated like a therapist. Yeah, when he was like, "I got a son. It's not hypothetical."
0: Yeah, because you know, like if you if you find out you got a son. You want to live long enough to 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 be able to be with your son, right? So, so that that like makes. I got
2: a son; he's a match.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, because he he's gonna die. So, but so like, if he if he knows that's his son, he wants to spend as much time as possible. So, of course, the bone marrow is going to be priority number one because you know.
1: Well, but yeah. but remember what the doctor said is that the legal guardian has to sign off.
0: Has to, uh, yeah, has to he,
1: agree. He knew he knew that Raquel would not agree to that. I mean, I, think, I believe he yeah. would have had he had to have known that would be the case. But
2: so then that goes to show how much Raquel didn't trust Howard, and that's also another reason why she had him killed because yeah. she he would destroy that family unit by just revealing that to probably get back at Raquel.
1: Yeah, that, and I think, uh, you know, the fact that the last episode, when uh, she was trying to start doing work for Joaquin and his people noticed that she had that interaction with Howard as well, Mm -hmm. I think she wanted to make sure, just cut ties with this guy, because he kept, was adamant and desperate. And and I'm pretty sure that y'all caught this, as well as the viewers, when they had the conversation at the hospital, it's kind of like Howard was saying, you better do this or else. And then yeah. he stopped himself from, from continuing to say what he was gonna say. So that's why I say, um, yeah, it's, it's kinda yeah, th- th- this is this had to happen, I think. And
2: that's when the voiceover came over with Kanan saying, Oh, desperate desperate man will do desperate things,
1: essentially. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that in that moment I think that she figured out something was up with him, like he was sick and or he was desperate, you know, she saw the desperation in him. So she knew something was wrong, you know, um and I think you know all of that like she used it all like she in her calculations she she factored in everything, joaquin, you know him being sick, and you know all of it like uh, so now you know he's he's no longer a problem like he how could no longer be a problem and 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 even with what she said to jukebox when she you know when she was talking about how uh you know sometimes it's good to have a cop why she did that because she knew what, what she was going to do with Howard. She knew she was at that point she knew she was going to take out Howard. So oh. you need somebody yeah. else. You need somebody else on the inside to to you know to manipulate. So also, that that went into it too. So go ahead Dana. Oh,
2: that was my celebratory. I agree with you stance. I was
0: like eh. yeah. <laughs> yep. It, so, it, yeah. Yep. So yeah. That that was like one of the coldest moves she's ever pulled go ahead rich
1: and i just want to add one thing to what you both said uh yeah, it, yeah like you said she was very calculated and she knew all this stuff it, it adds more weight also to the fact that she went to church like dana had <laughs> mentioned earlier in this episode that her mom she had a conversation with her mom mom said oh you haven't been here in, in almost in over a year so what is this special occasion now it's like there were you know i kind of had she felt some sense of some some forgiveness or some, some guilt of what she was going to do, but she still had and go through with the plan. So that's, you know, because again, Howard was very desperate. Uh, one thing I do want to mention, because I don't know if I'm the only one that felt this, the way they made Omar Epps look in this episode, he looked like he was sick. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it was like makeup or whatever they did. He looked mm-hmm. like he was visibly sick.
2: They made his skin dark, especially under the <clears> eyes. Yeah. He
1: looked yeah. a little bit more bloated. Yeah, it, it, it stood out. It stood out to me when, he, you know, he's having these interactions. And then the scene where he goes into the office to talk with the other detective. And you can just see how he looks. This this guy is not well. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was that was good that they really emphasized that. But the only point that I was going to add, uh, Gary, you said the question was. Um,
0: yeah, so, they, so how, how do you think Kanan is going to take what he did in the next episode?
1: Okay, so I I here's the thing, because Kanan was wearing the jacket, Unique's jacket. Yeah. And obviously people are going to say, Well, they saw that jacket. Somebody obviously is gonna report that they saw, because otherwise you're not going to have, you know, the, the jacket wouldn't matter, but somebody's gonna report that they saw someone with that jacket on. So yes, it is a plan to frame unique. Uh and it's a very smart plan, but how Kanan is going to have the effect, uh I would say I don't know if he's gonna be able to yet get full credit for that yet because people are gonna think it was unique that that pulled the trigger on Howard.
0: Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll comment on that uh when when you finish.
1: Okay, yeah. But but uh I just think um it definitely brings a lot of things full circle because in the very first episode of the season he contributed to killing uh Buck twenty with his boy D Wiz. Who I'm pretty sure was the one that took the shot, the killing shot, uh, you know, at him. So now he actually killed someone in this episode, a very important character that he doesn't realize. In and 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 to go to which the comments that you both made earlier about the fact that uh he doesn't know that this was his father. Again, I th- I feel like Raquel did not tell him that information, and I kind of feel like later on he is going to find out that information, and that might do something to their relationship. I don't I don't know, but it, my, th- my thought is it's going to have to be a series of things that happen. Like, he already knows that Raquel was responsible for killing B-Wiz, and of course, he didn't like that she did that. So I kind of feel like it would have to be other things that happen, not just the fact that, oh yeah, you told me to kill this guy that's my father, but something else will probably have to happen, a couple other things before he really gets angry and wants to take some type of action against her. Um, but, I, but in any, in any event, I, he's going to have some fallout from this, you know, cause again, killing uh, somebody changes you. I mean, we've seen that as the main thing that's been talked about in a lot of movies and TV shows, after you kill someone, it's, you feel a little bit different about, uh, things as they happen. You know, obviously he was very confident about it, but then when he found out that it was Howard, it was a little bit of uneasiness, but he still pull pulled through on it. So mm-hmm. we're going to find out how the impact is. Um, cuz but there's definitely going to be some type of lingering impact afterwards if i if i had to make a guess
0: yeah yeah for real and and just to uh get on what you said about you know um unique people will think unique did it
2: mm-hmm. and
0: stuff um like so i you know i i've watched a lot of like true crime uh documentaries especially like you know um like hood based ones and stuff um and a lot of times, like, there'll be cases where, you know, somebody gets um, convicted for something in the court and everything, um, convicted of a crime. But people in the streets know what really happened, though. Like, you know, so the person could have been wrongfully uh, convicted or the person who was convicted could be a fool guy. Like they could be somebody who's low ranking in a crew. And um, it was actually somebody higher up that did it. And they don't want to take that. That They, they don't want to take the sentence. Um, but the people in the streets know who really did it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, word spreads in the streets. But people don't talk because they, don't, they fear the backlash. They fear what ha- will happen to them if they talk. But they really know what happened. So I think this could be a situation what happens here where um, it might not happen right away. But I do think that you know over time it it will come out that it was Kanan that did this, and then you know that will add to his reputation, um, you know later on. So and and then also, unique, unique could fight this. You know he he could be arrested for it, but then he could fight the case, and then it could be known later. It could come mm-hmm. out later that it was Kanan. So, well,
1: um, I, I I just want to add to the point, and then you go to Dana. I think Unique yeah, is going to yeah. know this was orchestrated by Raquel because they are mm-hmm. already in a war together so if he says oh i got framed for something well obviously she must have something to do with this so yeah. uh we'll probably find out what his reaction is the next episode um but yeah that that's he's definitely um definitely going to get uh framed for this and it is going to be some backlash behind it
0: yeah so what was you going to say Dana
2: No i was going to just say it reminded me of a comparison to power because remember when Ghost was supposed to go on trial and and then be in prison for like eighty years, and he just got out, yeah. on like oh, some weird technicality thing. Yeah. So I don't see this being the end of um, Unique, aka Nino Brown. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's Nino Brown at this point. Um, I don't I don't see that being the end. I, I do hope that they keep him a little longer because he's also a really great villain, and I would like to know more of his backstory. Um, but I do see that what you said before about there being ball guy, but I also do see that the cop, the annoying one, who's now the only one alive playing some part in this. She is very smart and she knows what she's doing and, and she's going to continue that. But you also have now in the, in the mix is going to be jukebox jukebox. I feel has the ability to manipulate her with that whole sympathetic, You know, I'm kinda like you, but a younger version. And even though we didn't see that with this episode, where she basically told her to get away from her multiple times, you know, in a physical, please stop following me. But I do see her really wanting to protect Kanan. And we saw that earlier, we saw shades of that. We saw her saying, it's not your fault. We also say, her sorrow is saying, you know, Kanan didn't do anything, leave him alone, basically, you know. Um, so I do see that she could add more into framing uh, Unique for this.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, that goes, you know, right back into Raquel's calculations. That I think that's another reason why she did that, you know, why she told her that. Because if you plant that seed, then, you know, uh, Raquel can go to Jukebox and say, tell her it was Unique. And I, 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 I can... Like, this goes into my next question, so I'm just going to ask it now, right? So the question was going to be, will Howard's partner, I forgot her name, suspect Raquel as the murderer, right? Or someone from Raquel's organization, right? Um, So I, 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 I think she will, at first, suspect them as the ones who killed Howard. But then I think Jukebox is going to tell her that it was unique and then she'll trust her. So that's what I think.
1: Um, That's a a good, that's a good, uh, I believe, I I can see that happening. Only point that I was going to add is that uh, if, you know, they obviously do an autopsy on Howard's body, they happen to find out that he also had a medical condition. If she goes and visits that doctor, that doctor may just tell her, oh, yeah, he, he, he said that he had a son. He said that he had someone that he was going to reach out to to try mm-hmm. to get this 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 uh bone marrow and that then that's it because you recall that there was a line that raquel told her in a couple episodes ago she says you tell howard the most dangerous thing he can do is come between a mother and in 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 her child and yeah. that right there is like i said it plants the seed so if she ever was to go and question that doctor and if that doctor was able to confirm anything about howard that right there will just give away. Oh, yeah. So it's probably definitely Raquel is involved. The canon is definitely involved.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. See, Rich, Rich knows Rich. Uh, he's got all the, <laughs> the, the
1: plot threads yeah. in his mind,
0: but yeah, go ahead,
2: Daniel. I wanted to say really quickly they did a really uh important part of playing of pointing out the kind of gun that was used. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a good point.
2: Remember, yeah. is not a Glock. You don't use this. You use a 38. This has to be a caliber. And she explained the different weights and how it shoots. I think that the bullet, the ballistics, will kind of come back and it will trace back to them. Yep. Now you have the whole cop. So this is when I get to the part where she's Angela. Well, she might actively start having to go out and hide evidence, keep evidence away in order to protect because her main goal is jukebox. She doesn't really care about Raquel and Canaan. She cares about jukebox, we can just say. So I think this is the part where she becomes, that's where you get the crooked cop element which I think is how she ends up influencing jukebox. And that's the explanation, well jukebox, yeah, we get she ends up being a cop, but why a crooked cop? Mm-hmm. So that's how I think, oh, she helped me by doing the tactics that she did. I can do and help to save someone else by doing those tactics as well. Yeah. So very that's where the whole crookedness comes into, but she, she's the Angela of the show.
0: Yeah, uh, what you said about the weapon was very important. Because they are gonna need the murder weapon to prove anything, um, and you know if you you unique might not have that gun, you know he might not have the gun that matches the bullet. Um, so I want to I want to see what they're gonna do with the murder weapon because Kanan has it. Did, he didn't toss it, did he? I can't remember. I don't think he did. No,
2: it literally so, ended with him doing the second second shot. It went right to black, and then the music played.
0: Right. Yeah. So. So I want to see what they will do with the murder weapon, because maybe they, you know, maybe they orchestrate something with that to to further pin Unique to
1: the murder. Um, Go ahead, Rich. A real quick question to ask. So seeing as how everything played out with uh, Kanan using Unique's jacket, do you Mm -hmm. both feel this is what the original plan was for Lulu to do? When Raquel called him in the last episode telling him, oh, yeah, it's time to get to work now. Do you yeah. think this is initially what she was asking him to do, to be the one to kill Howard? But again, that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I think this was, you know, she was planning this way ahead of time because it's been it's been a few weeks now since Howard has been kind of hounding her for, for information on Kanan or whatever mm-hmm. or to see Kanan. So yeah, I think she was planning this for a while. Um, and, you know, we just didn't know it until now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I think I think this was her plan.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Deep stuff, man. Deep stuff. I can't wait to see what the commenters say about this. Um but yeah, so uh one more question. Um and then you know, you guys can bring up anything else you want to as well. But um uh, just Well, a quick point, actually, I I do want to say um, I'm happy to see that uh, Jessica was supporting Lulu in the hospital and everything. She came to support him because mm-hmm. it seemed like they broke up last week, but she it, she seemed to care a lot about him in this episode. So that was good to see. I guess I guess she doesn't just care about money and famous, famous as career and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was that was good um, and very touching. Um, I, I wish there was someone who cared about me like that. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm sure there is, but you know, maybe. Um, so yeah, the question though was gonna be, um, you know, will Tony be taken care of in the next episode? Mm. Um, Because we saw Symphony Mm. actually, you know, gave up the fact that, uh, you know, he gave up the fact what during their breakup, you know, he gave up the fact that. Um, they got they, they should watch out for Tony, she can't be trusted. So it, it seems to me like um Raquel is on a clean up spree right now. Um so yeah, so like do you think Tony will be included in this cleanup spree um in the next episode perhaps? Or do you think uh the story storyline with Tony will drag on a bit longer, maybe, or maybe there's a way to use to use her or leverage her in the long term. So I wanted to get your thoughts on that.
1: So <laughs> uh, <I'll... laughs> Dana first.
0: Yeah, I'm going to Dana yeah, first. She, no, she's no, pulling no, yeah, she she's putting faces. She she's acting like yeah, I'm yeah. she's acting like I'm talking nonsense. So
2: I mean, uh, is Tony that important to the overall arc of the story? She's saying like a throwaway character from the very beginning. I mean she she she,
0: she, <laughs> she owns a club. She owns a she, club and club, okay, she clubs are Clubs are important to Powell. Okay,
2: so. then I know she was non uh, an important character when they roasted her dog. I mean, she's kind of essentially a joke at this point. The cops are, like, looking at her uh, funnily. The guy is like, I'm tired of you. Why are you cuddling on me? She just seems to be really isolated so far. She's just a, a rich white woman with a club, which is kind of important. I don't see her slashing for the whole season, but I do see someone getting the deed of that club. If you can beat clubs. But yeah, as we know in the world of power and the the universe now, uh, clubs are important. And you can also say that would be like the shared little portal that they all have. There's a club somewhere. So I do see the club being transferred over after her death. Uh, Whether that is through Lulu, not Lulu, sorry, Marvin. Maybe Marvin has to take her out. Anyway, sorry, thank you. Probably. I mean, that way you could see Raquel because they kind of had that showdown in the first episode. It would be a very nice bookend. You know, I roasted your dog and now I'm roasting you. Ha-ha. so yeah, no,
0: she, She's literally going to put her in the microwave up there. Right. Wouldn't that
2: be funny? <laughs> that would be funny. And we had like horror stories where like, remember they were in the suntan and then they just got roasted in the sun thingy? And they had their own little personal suntanning machine? Okay, sorry. I'm getting way too excited thinking about this. But yeah, she's
1: dead
0: okay Fair um, enough. Um, what, what about you Rich what do you think about that
1: I, I like Dana's theory uh that it would be a great bookend to have uh raquel take her out I also will suggest that perhaps the surprise element is that Symphony plays a role in taking her out which oh. would then prove that he is capable of being about this life to raquel and there there you go he's back in the fold with her again
2: that wow, and
0: you're gonna catch a body. Wow,
2: that would be really great. But look what I did for you. I love you, boo. And he kills her. Oh my gosh, that would be. But you know it would be hilarious. Remember the dog? She didn't take care of. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Can she be eaten to death by the dog?
0: <laughs> are, you, are you saying she's a snack?
2: She's a snack, honey. She's a whole meal. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Sorry hey hey I, I you know there's a lot of possibilities of what can happen it could be Marvin it could be his dogs that you know you know I mean it's it can go in any direction but i I really like what Dana suggested of raquel being the one to finish that off we know that raquel is now on she's working together they have she has she's working together with Marvin So it it, it can be one or the other, but hopefully, you know, if, if they are going to take her out yeah, get rid of her. Cause again, I also think she's a secondary character, not important at all, but they have to be careful about it since the police aren't working with, you know, with her investigating what's happening. So they got to still be careful with her. Cause if they kill her, that body ends up, that'll bring attention to, well, who was in and out of this club, so on and so forth. It brings attention to whoever takes her out. So they got to be prepared for that.
0: Yeah. Or maybe you know, because like we've been shown time and time again that Raquel is very smart, and like no matter how how much we try to predict her actions, we usually we're we're way off because she's that smart.
1: Like mm-hmm. you know, she's
0: she's written very well. Um, so maybe there's another way that she decides to leverage this situation that we're not seeing at the moment. Uh, Because, Uh, because if you, uh, I'm not even just talking about the club, but if, if you know that Tony can't be trusted and that she's cooperating with police and that maybe she's recording conversations, maybe they can, you know, set up something to where something specific is heard on the tape recorder that, you know, that can be leveraged in Raquel's favor. So, there's very that, there's different ways she could play this maybe but
1: uh, that, most
0: more than likely Tony might
1: die so that 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 and and she does have a weakness and is that mm-hmm. she does do drugs so yeah. uh, they could easily you know they, they obviously uh, I, don't, I don't think they have any more of the blue stuff so you can't take her out that way but um, <laughs> she could OD on something else you know you it, it, make it, a lot of those stuff. Films. Yeah, you if if,
0: if, you, if you if you find out who our dealer is you can you know you can yeah. Yeah. you can get them to sell us some
1: symphony Yeah, it's pretty symphony Tiffany is in the club he, he sees and hears mm-hmm. everything so it, it yeah it will make sense for him to play a role in whatever happens now that he has mm-hmm. noticed they because they made a point in that scene last week to show you that he saw what was happening with her and Marvin and how she was trying to get information out of Marvin. They made a point to emphasize that. So we'll see what happens with that.
2: And it was so tacky. It wasn't even like a private conversation. They just had it all out. <laughs> and open. I was like, Girl, she's sloppy.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Desperate.
0: Yeah. But yeah, um, very interesting. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see how this finale wraps up. But um, is there anything in particular? Uh, you guys wanted to bring up before we uh end this off so um any more thoughts dana i was
2: You're just here. trying to unmute it um okay. No, I just think overall they did a really great job. You know, you had the homophobia. They did racism. They showed the payback. They had the whole drive-by situation. It felt like it was a side story. You had some power in there, the power universe. You had some uh, Nina Brown stuff going down. And I just think overall, they, it seems that each episode keeps improving. They keep topping, you know, with the writing, the music, the dialogue, the stories, and how it was just drawn out. It doesn't feel like everyone is reactionary it feels like everyone well not everyone because marvin is like a little you know but the characters some of it and also with the writing there's long-term planning it's long-term thinking and i just really appreciate everything that they've done with this and it just really shows what Kind of show you can have when you have great writers and great actors just coming together. No matter what the subject is, you may write this off. Oh, this is a little, you know, black hood show. No, this is really intelligent of how what they're doing. So, just yeah. overall, I I love uh, this episode and I love this series. So
0: yes. Oh yeah, and and now that we've seen a huge chunk of this show, you know, I can officially say this is miles ahead of uh book two, the first Whoa. season
1: uh oh um, whoa Uh-oh. And, and
0: that that's what we will get to and, next and,
1: and, and, wow. I, 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 I just want to say Gary, I don't think that Mike, Michael Rainey jr would appreciate that comment um <laughs> but guess what I agree with what you said the show was that the show was excellent um and let me just add this last point before you I go back to you is that mm. now I'm starting to see more and more why Kanan took a took a like took, took a liking to Tariq, because the fact that once again, the father kills the son. But in this case, Canaan doesn't know that that's his father. But whereas Tariq kn- knew Ghost was his father and said, hey, you st- you're getting in my way, so I'm going to take you out right now. So that's very good dynamic.
2: And it shows yeah. the cold-bloodedness where he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. When we saw Power, he wasn't like mourning and going to a funeral and doing a fake cry. He was just like, oh, yeah, okay, boom, and then walk out. So it shows I don't think that it was, like, when we don't know the backstory, so, oh, that was cold-blooded. I think it's more of him just not having the emotion because of what he's gone through in the past and what he'll probably later find out with Howard. Mm -hmm. I'm not connected to this guy. I really don't really feel anything. He's just, you know, there. His mom raised him the whole time. So I don't have that kind of connection. And if you really see... He only has a connection with only a handful of people. He loves his uncle, he loves Jukebox, and he loves his mama. If you're not really a part of his beginning circle, I don't think he has any need for you. Mm-hmm. And even if you go back to how he was, I don't know the full backstory because they didn't explain it, but the the relationship between him and uh, Tommy and, and Ghost, you know, he could very he easily turned on them you know so i think that this is just the beginning to show of that cold-blooded and i said previously in the first episode that kind of psychopathic nature
0: yeah yeah oh yeah for sure um and yeah i i think uh uh well let me just do this first right so We'll shift gears and talk about uh, the book two teaser that was released. Um, I don't know if you had the chance to see it, Dana, but, um, you know, me and Rich, you know, we, we watched it yesterday. Uh, it, there's, there's, it doesn't show a whole lot, but it shows us that there are some returning characters um, and, um, you know, there's some things that might potentially happen um, now. I don't know if everyone has seen book two season one, so I don't want to get too much into spoiler ter- territory here because there might be some people who watch Raising Canaan, but I haven't seen book one yet. Uh, You know?
1: uh,
0: Yeah. Book one, book two or whatever, you know, it's called. So, um, so I just want to talk in general terms about, you know um, what we think going into this next season, because it's going to start in, in about two months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, So, Yeah, Rich, based on that trailer, um, do you get, like, what's your reading of it? Do you think we're in for a really good season, perhaps, you know, much better season than the first one?
1: Well, I think it's definitely going to be, uh, uh, this is going to really be a test for Michael Rainey Jr. more so because we know that Tommy is not going to be in in this season and we know that Tasha is not because Natari has, she's on a new show now. So uh, that doesn't mean that...
2: We have information on Queens. that will be oh, coming yeah,
1: up. There you go. <laughs> Queens. You got it. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, could they make an, a cameo appearance? Of course they could. But uh, we just know that, obviously, you know, you said you didn't want to get into spoiler territory, but I'll just say this. There was a character that died last season, and, you know, Tariq played a role in that. So I'm pretty sure he's going to have to deal with the aftermath of that because uh, there was another person that also died and this, all this happened on campus. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, Tariq, there's a lot of attention going to be on the campus now about these murders. So um, I'm pretty sure Tariq is going to have to deal with that. Also, the fact that he is working with the Tejadas and working with them a lot more closely. Uh, I don't know if he necessarily would trust them still. Maybe he trusts Monet to a certain extent. But I just feel like this season is really about showing what Michael Rainey Jr. is going to be able to do with the character going deeper. Because, again, it's mainly about him. There isn't no side story about Tasha's, you know, still in prison and all this other stuff. This is all him. So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do from a writing standpoint, uh, how they're going to still have Davis McLean, a.k.a. Method Man, involved in the show, since he is no longer on that case, but he's doing his own thing with Saks. So there's a lot of things to look forward to, and of course, Redman is, Redman is going to be on the show as well as as uh, McLean's brother, which would be very interesting to see. But yeah, I just have a lot of questions about how they're going to move the story forward. So I lo- I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm actually really looking forward to this season of uh, Book Two a lot. You know, especially after watching the teaser, um, I like that Davis McLean is back. You know, I like obviously uh, you know Monet and all them were going to be back. Uh, I see the girl is back, like one of the love interests. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's cool to see all these characters coming back and stuff. And I do think that this is going to be a much better season, a, a much stronger season than the first one, um, mm-hmm. for sure. And I also want to go on to say that now that we have these, the you know, more shows in the power universe running kind of back to back, I think... Um, it's really going to start to feel like a universe. Like I can, I can foresee moments in, um, in book two where um, Tariq's actions will reflect on things that Kanan taught him, because we know that these two characters were closely linked in the original power for a very long time. Um, and Kanan taught him many things. So I think they could really play on that. And, you know, since we have raising Kanan now, All of it can make sense. Like it it can, you know, we can see firsthand how Canaan influenced Tariq um, because, you know, we've seen what led up to, you know, Canaan becoming, you know, a mature person. And then we're now seeing, you know, um, Tariq at a similar sort of age um, as, you know, Canaan in raising Canaan. He's obviously a bit older, but um, yeah, like, so I think there's a lot of parallels they can play with. And um, the thing is about universe, what we all love about the Marvel universe is how they play all of the the characters and the situations off of each other. There's a lot of Easter eggs. There's a lot of references to things that have happened previously. So I think they can really get creative with that stuff and um, play off of it. So I'm looking forward to things like that happening um, in this new season. Go ahead, Dana.
2: So I watched it. (laughs) Uh, and I feel that, you know, it opens without spoiling anything for people who didn't see the first episode. It, it opens with a line. It com- It always comes down to me, my family, my gun. Which you can see is the overall theme of power um, about the family closeness and how the bond is from the very beginning and how things end up going poopy the other way as events start to occur. But I, in, in terms of how it ends up paralleling um, the first power, and also with the this prequel power, you would say, well, with Canaan, um, it really just shows how they kind of, even though Tariq is wayward and has issues, it shows the you know the strong bond that they have with mothers. I think this universe does a really good job so far of showing how family is something that's really important to them. And only person who can cross family is family and and have it actually mean something. So overall, I do think that for the next season, it's going to improve. Um, I think the writing is going to get a lot stronger. And what ends up going down ends up being more impactful than what we had in the first season. And we won't have so many, I'm praying to God, Side missions that don't really make any sense. Just stick to the main story, drive that story forward, and don't give me like when well, this is what teachers are doing and this is what the cat at home is doing. Just focus on Tariq and his issues, and you can go out from there, but just don't get wayward.
0: Indeed, yeah. So, yeah, if, if, if you guys haven't seen that, definitely go check it out. You know, the trailer. Um, and you know, let us know as well if if you, some of you guys have watched, uh, you know, book two. We did do a whole season of power cars based on that show also, and I see that there's some people who have actually been going back, um, and and watching and then listening to our reviews and stuff. So that's cool to see. Um, but yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the future of power because they did such a great job with raising Canaan that like it seems like it's stepping up to to a next level now. Uh, what was you gonna say, Dana?
2: No, I was gonna just completely agree with you, and then just judging by what we may think of, of Tommy, how it takes that mm. in a whole different direction because this is about the Italian mob. So, mm. so you're dealing with that version of what you know—that family—and you know, oh, yeah. we've seen enough gangster movies and enough Godfathers fathers and Goodfellas to know how they consider their family. So, the overall theme is is family.
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that one, too, because as mm-hmm. much as like I do love, you know, like hood stories and, and you know, stories with black folk and stuff, um, I also love the Italian um, stories and stuff like, you know, the gangster flicks and everything. So I, I, I can't wait to see how far they take that in, in, in power force with Tommy. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be good to see, um, you know, sometime next year. Uh, quarter one, I believe it is. So yeah excited for that but yeah um that's pretty much going to be it for uh this episode of the power cast uh, of course next week is the finale so we will return you know um to recap that and i'm sure it's going to be you know all i'll say is guys prepare for that episode to be longer because it's the finale you know we we're, we're very passionate about this as you can tell so you know it's probably going to run on a little longer uh, just because we're going to have so much To speculate about and predict Of what might happen next and stuff So I'll give that disclaimer now uh, We will, you know, post Short clips and stuff of the Different discussions So yeah, however you choose to uh, You know, um, consume the the, the the content That's up to you um, But also next week Is going to be The, the, um, the debut Of BMF so we're going to get the first episode of that next week and we are going to be you know doing something for that also um, so if you're going to be watching you know the the first episode of BMF look out for our you know our review that we're going to have um, about BMF so more more stuff to look forward to for sure um, but yeah um, so we'll get straight into shout outs and then we'll end it off so um, Dana you got any shout outs this week?
2: Um Oh, am I muted? Oh, there we go. Shout out to BMF because it's amazing. And yay, I can say that because Marco lifted. Also, shout outs to everyone who is listening, who continues to listen to us. Thank you for your support and, and have a wonderful time as much, I hope that you're having just as much of a wonderful time as we do recapping the episodes as you are listening to us and watching the show alongside with us.
0: Cool. And uh, how about you, Rich? Any shout outs?
1: Oh, yeah. Shout out to all the people that have been commenting on the podcast, liking the podcast, uh, leaving their thoughts on the episodes. Uh, we very much appreciate the engagement because i uh, pretty sure that you all are fans as well of the show and power in general. So please do keep leaving those comments and uh, we'll definitely respond to them uh, as as we have time to respond to them. But, yeah, we appreciate the continued support. For sure.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, And, yeah, I want to give a big shout-out to Robert Silver, who's been one of our uh, long-term listeners. And I want to spread some love and just, you know, shout-out his uh, podcast. He has one called World Championship Boxing uh, that you can check out if you're a boxing fan. And then um, he has uh, Logan and the Time Traveler, which is more of a general uh, show. And they talk a lot about, like, you know, music and stuff from the past. So shout outs to him. Um and you know, thank you for also shouting us out on your podcast and everything. Uh we definitely appreciate it. Um I also want to give shout outs to Anna um who, who said I look like Worrell <laughs> 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 uh, Worrell is a unique sky. Uh, guy. uh his, yep.
1: you know his, uh, will, he <laughs> he probably will not make it out of the finale. So that's uh yeah we'll see some, how that goes.
0: Yeah, she's putting a target on my back by saying, uh, now they might come for me. Uh, But yeah, um, shouts to everyone who, you know, comments on the show. um, And, you know, uh, even if like sometimes, you know, we, we, we don't have the time to reply, but we do read all the comments. We do reply to as much as we can. And we enjoy seeing, you know, your perspective on things because you guys like sometimes you you uh, think of things that we don't think of or we don't have time to touch on. So I appreciate that. Um, and it really does feel like a community. So um, thank you to everyone who does, uh, you know, engage. And I want to remind everyone, you know, if you, if you want us to do keep doing this and then also cover more shows that you like, please hit the like uh, button please comment and also consider subscribing and hitting the bell also if you like the content we have. Um, so yeah. And and do take your time to check out some of the other content on the channel. Uh, we have the walking dead, you know, um, show we have, you know, we we cover wrestling. Um, Dana does a ton of interviews and she's seen so many shows that she's going to be covering, you know,
2: I, mean, in, I can say I'm currently in March 2022. That's how far into the shows I am. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we, we we got content for days. We got something for everyone. Um, and then we also do gaming. We cover gaming and tech and stuff. So so yeah, you know, we got we we got something for every demographic, really. So definitely check out the channel. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for for this week. So. I just want to encourage everyone to stay safe and, uh, you know, be well and, and have fun, you know, have fun in life, you know. So that's pretty much it. We'll be back
2: next week. Take care, everyone.